0: Hello and welcome to the Wellness League podcast. My name is Jenna and I'm one of your hosts. And uh, my name is Ella. I'm also one of your co-hosts. Welcome back to another episode. We're up to episode 11 now. We've got Nathan on the pod this week. How are you going, mate?
1: Not too bad, yeah. How How's was your week? week? It's It's been busy. It's been hectic. Uh, a lot going on family-wise and yep. work-wise and uh, with mum in hospital and three oh ambulances God. in four days. And yeah,
0: pretty intense.
1: Some uh, some very early mornings up at three o'clock in the morning yeah. patching up heads and things like that, but uh, that's life. So
0: uh, <laughs> a bit of context, Nathan is my neighbour, so I saw yeah. most of those ambulances as well and I was <laughs> like, oh, no, what's happening again? <laughs> yeah, look, week was good. Um, it was nice that it was a four-day week this week and, yes. uh, yeah, yeah. I do like those weeks. They're you get more always productive. Good. <laughs> <laughs> You get more stuff done and the weekend's almost there. Yep. All right, should we jump in? Yeah, sure. Okay, so what's your earliest memory of being fit or aware of fitness?
1: Uh, I don't really think that I've ever not been involved in fitness, I suppose. I was yeah. thinking about that earlier today and... there's never been a time when I haven't been. Um, I went to school just down the road, went to primary school down there and I remember I used to bounce my basketball on the way to school (laughs) or ride my bike and, yeah, I was playing soccer at under sevens when I was six, when I was playing, like all kids, playing all a million sports like yourself. (laughs) And I never really, as a kid I guess you never really think about it as fitness. Yeah. you know, riding up Anstey Hill with my dad and over the top of the hill and he was on his road bike and I was on my BMX. And oh, God. <laughs> uh, I don't think there was ever a – it wasn't fitness back then. It was just stuff. You just yeah. did stuff. And I don't know at what point it became fitness. I suppose yeah. when it became – when I was trying to make the, the state basketball team, I suppose. I'm, yeah,
0: what age were you then?
1: Uh, I probably went for my first state team in about – under 12s, so that would have put me around, I don't know what that is. Yeah, if, whether you that tall puts then as well? I was a tricky one. I was tall through primary school yeah. and I was a big chubby kid <laughs> and much bigger than everybody else. And so for basketball I was a centre because I was okay. tall. I was bigger than everyone else and people came up to my shoulder. <laughs> then by the time I got to year eight, all the girls shot past me
0: oh, right. and then
1: the boys started going past me in about – year nine, year ten, and I didn't really I just sort of continued on that slow growth yep and then I had this high squeaky voice, and I remember when I changed schools and I was playing in the in year ten, I was playing basketball in the in the uh open a's and I can remember screaming for the ball a few times and hearing people on the other teams you know <laughs> belittling me for my high squeaky voice and <laughs> by then, everyone had gone past me, and I was a guard, and I yep. was short, so trying to transfer my skills as a centre mm. to fast guard work was yep. really tricky. Uh, but then something happened sort of around the holidays from year 11 through to year 12 and my right. voice broke in the school holidays. Oh, and lucky then though. <laughs> I st- yeah, and I started to grow and then I think I got up to sort of beyond average height and then like the year after school, I, I actually thought I was short
0: right. because
1: that was – I'm old enough to be back before the internet.
0: Yeah. (laughs) And you couldn't research that.
1: No. Well, it was funny. I I tell a story to a lot of people. Yeah. I was living at the Australian Institute of Sport playing water polo.
0: Yep, we'll go into that in a bit in a sec.
1: And um, one of my best mates is still one of my best mates to this day. We moved over there the same week and we came back the same week. And I remember walking over to the pool one morning and and he – I can't remember how the topic came up. And he said, you know – because we were the the shortest and the second shortest – out of the 20 in oh, the squad. Wow. And all of our friends were either swimmers who were taller mm-hmm. uh, or rowers. The men's eight was there, the women's eight was there. And the, the men's and the women's eight, big people. Yeah. They're big people. Um, I knew a few of the soccer players and we just thought they were soccer players and they were midgets. <laughs> that's just what we thought. Yeah. And 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 the jimmies, they were all the gymnastics people. Mm-hmm. We just thought, well, you've got to be small for that. But yeah. Rowers, swimmers, even the netball girls, yeah. the water polo players, everyone was tall, and we were the we were the two short asses. Isn't that crazy. And I was six foot four at the time. Oh wow! I'm a bit <laughs> shorter now after a couple of back ops, but yeah. I was 194 centimeters. And he told us, he said, "You know, we're taller than average." And I
0: had no idea.
1: I honestly was living in this little cocoon of sport, <laughs> and had wow. absolutely no. I didn't believe him. I flat yeah. out didn't believe him. And as I said, before the internet, and he said, Well, after training, we'll go back and we'll go to the library because they have a library on campus and we'll go to the, we'll find the encyclopedias and we'll drag them <laughs> out, we'll find out what the average height is in Australia. And I, there is no way yeah. that we're taller than the average person. No way. We're, we're short.
0: Yeah.
1: And I remember then, then we researched it and I, Still didn't believe it, even seeing it in writing. And I remember going to uh, a nightclub when we got back, back in my partying days, and Mm -hmm. we came back to Adelaide on a holiday. And I remember seeing DJ across the nightclub, like 20 metres away, looking at me and indicating the height (laughs) of everybody else as we looked head and shoulders over everyone. And I was like, oh.
0: So there's pros to it.
1: Yeah. (laughs) This is, okay, we are taller than some people. It was really confusing.
0: All right, so you mentioned uh, water polo. Where did that come from?
1: Um, Yeah, as I mentioned before, with the primary school down the road here, I used to play basketball every morning and basketball was my thing. I used to get there an hour before school every morning and play an hour of basketball and play basketball at lunchtime and play it. recess time and all we did was play basketball and then my mum used to say she could hear me coming back up the road With your boun- ball bouncing. <laughs> bouncing my basketball and that that was that was my thing that was that was what I was into and I was cut from the state to well I wasn't cut from the state team I was I never made the state team yeah two years in a row I was the first reserve in different age groups each year and uh, wasn't quite good enough to make the state team which is what I dreamed of at, the, at that age yeah and my year six teacher was a state water polo coach. Oh, wow. And he still, this, to this day when I see him, he bags basketball and says that it's an American <laughs> sport and it's not an Australian sport. Mind you, water polo isn't either. That's a very Eastern European sport. Yeah, I
0: was going to say, where did they originate?
1: Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure, actually. I should know. It's pro- probably originated in England and they're really no good. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> it's a really big Eastern Bloc sort of sport. It's yeah. Big in Hungary. Ah. Any any of the countries that were from the former Yugoslavia. Yeah. Right. They're all good. They all broke up, and they're all still individually. They Strong could still teams. make basically the top. The the top five, and then you throw in Hungary. It's and so
0: interesting. It's just not a sport a lot of people talk about unless either you watch it at the Olympics or you know somebody who plays. Yeah, it in Australia, or, or, yeah. or if
1: you go to somewhere like Serbia or Croatia or Montenegro. Yeah there's thousands of kids playing like we play AFL here. Oh. There's just hundreds and hundreds of kids carrying chairs in the pool, <laughs> using their legs to hold themselves up and, and they've got that huge pool of talent to choose from where yeah. we don't here. Yep. But, yeah, as I was saying, my my year six teacher, he he was obsessed by water polo and still is. I saw him the other day down the street and he, <laughs> we, he stopped and talked to water polo yep. um, and he – Pushed and pushed and pushed and said, get out of that sport and come and play water polo. And I just wasn't interested. I was just not interested at all. Yeah. Um, and I had asthma as well as a kid. And my, uh, my GP used to say we need to get him into swimming. Okay. And something that my mum was a good swimmer when she was growing up and she taught me to swim in the backyard pool, but I was never a competitive swimmer. Mm. Interestingly, I never did swim lessons at school because I just wasn't interested. I was one of those little nerds who sat there and did art <laughs> class instead while everybody else went off and there were three of us left doing yeah. swimming. Doing doing art. <laughs> but yeah, eventually he talked me into trying Flippable, which is a modified kids version of water polo.
0: Yeah. Where did you do that?
1: Dernan Court Pool, which is no, long, <laughs> no longer no longer exists. Oh sort of <laughs> uh, yeah, it's right. There's a there's a bridge there and some wetlands there now mm. and that's all there is. <laughs> So it feels funny that that's how old I am that there are places that don't exist anymore. Yeah. But pretty quickly we moved to the Adelaide Aquatic Centre and they had a nighttime competition there. And it's, it's like water polo but you can touch the bottom and oh. you can touch the ball with two hands and things yep. like that. Like in, most Australians don't know a lot about water polo but you can only touch the ball with one hand. The, the pool's three metres deep. You can't is touch the bottom. Is that the dive pool
0: and... that they use at the Aquatic Centre? Yeah. So this yeah. is the pool that I spoke about that we swam laps in A couple of weeks ago, and I literally had a panic attack because it was so (laughs) deep. It (laughs) honestly freaks me out swimming in that pool.
1: I grew up in that pool. Basically, I was in that pool six to eight hours a day for twenty years.
0: (laughs) <laughs> Just yeah. a thought, and not like the bottom is so far away.
1: Yeah, it's it's funny you get you get used to it, and there's a, there's still a novelty of swimming down the bottom five meters deep. And when no. you when you swim down five meters deep, and you look up to the top, it looks like a mile okay, away. I do
0: that in like a two meter deep pool, and I'm happy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but the uh, the Fina rules for water polo, it's played in a in a fifty meter lap pool, yep. and they shorten the the, the pool. The field of play to 30 metres, and it's three metres deep constantly throughout the pool. And it's yep. as the pool's as wide as eight lanes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we moved to the aquatic centre and then only played a couple of seasons of football before moving into playing water polo. And I was so I started in about year six, or I did start in year six, and then I was so you pro- would
0: have been about like 12, 11, 12 then? Yep, yep,
1: round around about then, yep. yeah, uh, and pretty quickly started going okay. And then, yeah, then got into like the the feeder for that club, which also doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> <laughs> got into that club and uh, started playing in their, their water polo grades, their, their kids' grades, so they've got some junior grades. And then I think in the first year I was into the C grade open men's team wow. at, at like primary school level.
0: Is there many teams still left in Adelaide?
1: Not not many left anymore. Yep. Uh, my theory is that a lot of it, is due to moving the new aquatic centre down to Marion. Okay, yeah. And moved everything so far away from the city.
0: Yeah, especially people like the northeastern side yep. of town. Like, that's yep. another and half an hour drive. Water,
1: water polo in South Australia yep. traditionally came from private school backgrounds. in the eastern suburbs. Yeah, and everything's, everything's sort of city-centric. Yeah, Blackfriars would be one of the bigger Waterpolo polo schools yep. and probably still is. I haven't checked. I've sort of fallen out a little bit. Life takes over <laughs> and the the eastern suburbs private schools yes. competition was, was pretty strong. Yeah, I can imagine. And then when you've got on Friday nights the schools competition played and then when they finished – the national league team would get in and train and they'd see the national league team there oh, and interesting. it's not not a sport like like AFL where you're seeing it on the TV you have mm. to you have to run into them on, in person yeah and so to have us there and many of us refereeing the games and then getting in and training and the kids still hanging around going oh yeah okay so that's where that's I could what be. that's where i could be that's what i could do wow. and then seeing how it translates now it's all sort of it's so far away for half the city, yeah. and Adelaide's such a skinny, yeah, skinny it's town. Like
0: anything within fifty k's is like Adelaide, and then yeah. you country.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's it's real. It, it's I think it's ruined a lot of aquatic sports. Yeah, we're lucky with swimming. That you could,
0: there's more places and opportunities to do it.
1: Yeah, and and even though the like the Sassy, the South Australian Sports Institute yep. has moved down to there with with Sassy, we've got people like Pete Bishop who one of the best coach swimming coaches in Australia mm. and then he's got Kyle who's won Olympic gold medals yes. and then Kyle's brought who originally was his girlfriend over and they're not they're not together in a relationship anymore but then other people came down and as yeah. as that sort of developed now they've got a bigger pool and growing. then then all of a sudden you've got five olympians wow. in the one squad and then people want people are drawn to that.
0: Oh, of course yeah. But water
1: polo doesn't really have that. Yeah. Diving has basically fallen apart from my observations as well. That used to have a club-based thing and now yeah. they've, got, they've got one club, South yeah. Australia. Yeah. <laughs> That's it.
0: And so where did you go from playing uh, your like, age group and then how did you get selected to go to the Institute of Sport?
1: That was actually a bit of a – something that I sort of always dreamed of yeah. but never thought was possible.
0: Right. And In that, any that, sport you were happy to go there?
1: Yeah, I was that. That was more. I I was blindsided by that. So I played for my first under twenty state team Mm -hmm. when I was about fifteen. So I played. I played in the under twenty nationals five years in a row. So I was probably yeah. Were you the youngest in your team then? When I first started, yeah, yeah, Yeah. and then became the captain for the probably the last two nationals. I think something along those lines. Can't exactly remember. <laughs> and then before – so I was still playing in the under-20 uh, state team yep. at nationals. And then we would train. So Friday nights used to be our big training session. Yep. So as years went on and it was easy when I finished school, we'd do – say a Friday – Friday was always my favourite training day. Mm-hmm. Friday morning we had training from uh, 5.30 to 7.30 in the mornings, so yep. some swimming, some ball work go home have a rest if you meant to be studying you <laughs> often didn't go home have a rest have something to eat go back to the pool uh, we'd do weights from say 2 to 4 yep. and then we'd do 4 till 6 we'd do ball work and skill work and some out of the pool no in the in the pool yep. and then we'd have a game training from 6 to 8 p.m. Okay. so I was had 4 hours in the water friday night so and good. it was all pretty intense and yeah. back then we had we, we probably had about 40 people trying to get onto the National League team.
0: And how many are in the National Team?
1: So in, in this is the National League, so yeah. it's like comparable to say a, a Crows or okay. a, so a like Pork Power. 30, so you have a squad of 20 yep. and then you get 13 on game day. Okay. And and it was a real honour back then to be able to get into the, the squad. Yeah. And there, there were 20 people that weren't even good enough to get into the squad. Oh, so there were people crazy. fighting to get into the squad. Yeah. And then the way that we used to run that, that training session was we'd have all the National League guys and the guys trying to get into the National League team, all the yeah. men, the senior men, and then we'd often have the the junior state team yeah, there as well. And we'd either mix them up or we'd play, if it was closer to nationals, you'd play the junior state team against the Jets, the Adelaide Jets who were the national or still are the National League
0: team. Yeah, right.
1: And and face off against each other and play an hour-long training game. You'd just play quarter after quarter after quarter. Yeah. And um, see how that went, and so we'd do that all the time. And then some yeah, of so us let's go back. would so get water invited. Apollo, yeah.
0: Games quarters. How long? Like, give us a bit of a quick rundown for people uh, who haven't really heard about this. One. Okay,
1: so it's probably changed <laughs> a bit since since I've been. I retired in 2010. Okay. And I originally planned to continue training with the guys because yep. I love it so much. Yeah. And I still do love it. It's just a matter of trying to get to the pool right. now that it's down at Marion. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so there's probably been a lot of changes yep. when I was playing, mm-hmm. it was seven minutes actual time yep. each quarter, mm-hmm. which depending on the type of defense. So the clock stops
0: oh, okay. for all,
1: all the fouls. So if there's a foul clock stops and it may, it may only stop for a second. Yep. So but and, it
0: adds up in the end. Yeah.
1: And it adds up. So if you're playing like basketball, there's zone defenses and there's a, there's a press defense and a press and defense. Go, and then a
0: time that they can be in each half
1: uh yeah there's a there's a shot clock yep. um 24 seconds from memory gee it's been that long <laughs> it's now 2023 and i retired in 2010 yeah uh I, years, mate. I do really miss it <laughs>
0: <laughs> is there a um, master's team <laughs> yeah, well
1: there is yeah yeah and i and i often think about going back
0: oh well but my body, always yeah okay. we'll see
1: yeah um but so yeah, each quarter, depending on the type of defense that's played. Mm-hmm. So if you're playing a zone defense, it can take about fifteen minutes. If you're playing a press defense, which, like, say in a basketball, that's a say a man-to-man defense, yep. it tends to stop more often because the ball gets past foul, past foul, past okay. foul, yep. and that can take twenty minutes, twenty-five. Is there a minutes. max
0: to how far it can be pushed out each quarter?
1: No, oh. no, you can keep stopping each time the ball goes out of the field of play. It stops. Yep. Um, if there's, you know, you're stopping for something like a penalty. So if it's a really Really sort of rough and physical game,
0: yeah the,
1: it it takes longer, and mm. you're wrestling a lot more and, and on those rough physical games, like there was a team that we used to play in uh, Balmain every time we played Balmain, we knew it was going to be a long <laughs> game long and go, we knew yeah. it was going to be tough, and we knew people would be getting out with black eyes and possibly wow,
0: uh, interesting. torn
1: things, and hmm. we knew and it was going to be rough,
0: the breaks in between each quarter. how long are they? two minutes? okay, really, only two minutes, yeah, and in half time, same yeah. Oh, yeah. that's quick.
1: So you just, you, you go quickly. And then I think from memory, there was a five minute break if it went to extra time, but okay. I'm not sure. And then the extra time, again, I'm, I sound like <laughs> I've never played the game and I played for 25 years. Um, it's something in the order of three minutes
0: okay.
1: each half yep. for extra time.
0: Do you think the times, so like a seven-minute quarter rather than like a football game being like 20, 25 minutes is because it's such a physical game?
1: Yeah. Yeah, you're always on the go. Yep. So it's interesting people
0: Comparing uh, it.
1: People ask me about the water polo physique and why water polo players look the way they do and mm. that we, we were always given crap by a lot of other athletes yep. for real skinny legs and then the real V-shaped upper body, right. strong-looking upper body. It's a power sport from the waist up. Okay. So it's all... it's a, you need
0: your legs to be strong to keep you up in the water too?
1: Yeah, but that's endurance.
0: True.
1: So you think about a marathon runner and an endurance runner or a 10,000 metre runner and yep. they're all scrawny and it's all mm-hmm. light and that's what your legs are just constantly on the go. Like yeah. the old duck under the water <laughs> thing. Your legs are constantly moving Yeah. whereas upper body in water polo, you're wrestling, you're fighting, you're holding on. Yeah. It's it's a real rugby type Strength sport.
0: Yeah, interesting.
1: So, um, yeah, so it's,
0: it's 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 when, got a real combination
1: yep. of of endurance, but also power in it's the kinda, sport. Yeah,
0: it's interesting. There's not many other sports that are like that. No. In that kind of setup. So no. back to when you were playing, and then Sassy, when did that happen?
1: That was sort of backwards for me because, as I described earlier, mm. with the. Um, we had that state set up where we had the National League team that was playing. And Did you the, play
0: interstate with that too?
1: Yep. 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 So that, that that was a National League yep. that I played in. So
0: you go away w- like weekly to other states to play? Um,
1: well, water polo, there's not as much money as there is in say an AFL or a, or a soccer or, yep. or something along those lines. So what we used to do is go away say every second or third weekend Okay. and you'd go to a place and one year you'd play, say if we went – if we went to Perth, Perth had two teams, I think. Uh, they had So they had Frio and they had Perth. Yep. And so you'd fly over and you'd play, for example, you'd play Perth Thursday night and then you'd play um, Frio on the Friday night yep. and then you'd play the first team again On the Saturday and then Sunday, sort of around two o'clock in the afternoon, you'd play the second team again. Then you'd jump on the plane and fly back. (laughs) So and then the following year they'd visit you. Okay. And so you'd you'd play each team twice for Mm -hmm. a season, but in the same way financially, then. yeah, the way it worked, and, and that was hard for a team like Adelaide because we only had one team, right? So, you'd go to Perth and you'd play four games in a row, yep. and I'd generally play every minute of every quarter and mm. come home and be shattered. And so, I'd what play.
0: happened with like teams like Perth came to Adelaide and only played Adelaide, or did you have another state join you here? They'd,
1: they'd either play us Saturday, Sunday, which yep. was often the way they'd, they'd come in and play us. Saturday night, you'd have the 8.30 game and then we'd back up and play the 2 o'clock in the afternoon game, which yeah. is a fair turnaround. Yeah. Um, and that would either happen – if they did that, they'd often go to Melbourne first. So okay. they'd play Melbourne. Melbourne only had one yep. team. Or they'd, they'd been somewhere else. Sometimes if they'd been to ACT and played a team there or Tasmania and played a team there, yep. those teams have come in and out of the league over okay. the years. Uh, yeah, right. Or sometimes you'd play them Thursday, Friday. She'd play the Thursday, Friday and then they'd leave us on the Saturday morning and go to Melbourne and play Melbourne on the oh. on the Saturday night. So. so
0: in Sassy, how many years were you training or playing? Yeah, other... sorry, sorry, that was your, right. that, that was your original question. <laughs> yeah, no, so okay.
1: that came from – so we had that state sort of organisation that I was talking about before yep. where we were playing National League and we had the state under-20s team uh, and we didn't have Sassy Water Polo at that point.
0: Oh.
1: And then – Back to your earlier question, so I hadn't thought that I was ever a chance of going to the AIS. I looked at some of my my heroes of Australian water polo that had been yeah. to the AIS, and I thought there was never a chance I could be there. And one uh, was it a Sunday morning or a no? It was a like a, it was a Friday morning. I'd been to training on mm-hmm. Friday morning, and I came home and been to bed. And uh, yes, back to my old man references, <laughs> the, the home phone rang and I ran down and picked up the home phone and there was a number I didn't know and there was uh, Don Cameron who was the AIS oh goalkeeper coach and he rang me and I was like, what the hell, what, how does he have my number and why is he calling me? <laughs> he, sure, said, the uh, pages about <laughs> he said, we've noticed you haven't applied for the AIS, why not? And I said, well, and he said, are, are you aware that to come you have to apply? We, we can't pick you. You have to apply to come.
0: Oh, I thought it was a whole picking scouting kind no, of thing. No,
1: well, sort of. So you have to apply to go yep. and then they look at the applicants and decide right. who they want. yep. And I hadn't applied. And they rang me and said, why haven't you applied? And I said, well, I don't know. That's for the good guys. <laughs> they said, well, you can't come unless you apply. So are you interested? And I said, oh, yeah, but I start my architectural drafting course on Monday. And they went, well, you're on the 1240 flight with DJ. Um, <laughs> When you get here, we'll give you a week's trial and if we like you, you'll have to fill out an application and say that you'd like to come.
0: Oh. Oh, okay.
1: (laughs) So, my life dramatically changed from then and I had to pack my bags not knowing whether I'd be away for a week Mm. or not knowing whether I'd be away for a year. So, I was pretty freaky at 17, having never lived out of home and (laughs) went away and they liked what they saw and then I had a training camp with the national team with the – I was playing for the Australian under-20 team at the time. Yep. So I had a training camp for like a week and a half in Sydney after that and one of my best mates who was in that team brought a whole couple of bags worth of stuff for me Yeah, and he brought it over for me when he came to the training camp and then so I had some clothes and <laughs> things to try and live off and then my parents drove some stuff over that week after, and so I lived at the AIS that year, so that was back in 94, <laughs> the, <don't> year, <laughs> the year after school. Yeah. And then uh, Sassy was getting built up for water polo that year. And I'm Where was sh-
0: the Sassy location at that time?
1: That was run the out well at Kidman Park, yep. but the water polo was pretty much all out of the aquatic Centre. Everything yep. was out of the aquatic Centre. And Center.
0: then did you live in the state with that as well? Where were you for that?
1: So I was living in I was living at the AIS at the time, so I didn't need a SASI scholarship because I had an AIS residential scholarship. I was yep. living in Canberra. Yep. And then um when I came back in ninety five, then I just went into SASE. Yep. Almost by default. Right. And then I couldn't tell you when well when I like I just I don't think that was a case of applying. I just kind <laughs> of got a sassy scholarship yeah, and then yeah. I was with that until I retired in 2010.
0: Wow. So, so in your competing career, what's the highest you got? Did you get to the Olympics, or did you get to no, the Commonwealth Games, no. or
1: so the when I was at the AIS, that was the that was like the long squad, the unofficial okay long squad for the men's senior team. Yep, and I was just a kid, and okay. the their plan was back in '94 that from that pool, and I was in the group that they were looking at. Yeah. for the 2000 Olympics.
0: Okay.
1: And I never thought I was a shot at the Olympics. And then once I got there, I still couldn't quite wrap my head around it and still I, I look back and I was a bit immature at the time. Right. You know, a 17-year-old boy who yeah. would think that they're immature um, <laughs> and, and didn't really grasp the situation that, yeah. that I'd been given and the, the, the opportunity that I'd been given. Um, didn't grasp it well enough. And I was in the Australian junior team then, so played ninety four and ninety five in that team. And then I lost my spot to one of my best mates now, who Uh went to the world champs in ninety. Was it ninety five? I think. Yeah, and then I was, I was still, still thought I had a real good shot. I personally thought I was one of the better players to get in, and never played for the senior men's team. Played for the junior team. Then I played for. The Australian university team. So yep. most people in Australia don't know about the world university games. The World Uni Games Is
0: that almost as big as the Olympics? It's just kind yeah. of under all the people. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. It's it's bigger than the Commonwealth Games. Wow. And until I got told that was a possibility to go to that,
0: yeah.
1: I didn't know about it either. And you turn up and they're at the opening ceremony, it's a multi sport event like the like the Olympics. Yep. But it's not only Commonwealth Nations, so it's it's, it's worldwide. Everywhere. And it's open to people who are either at university or or comparable
0: institutions. Okay.
1: Um, institutions, so it's it's basically everyone of that age anyway. Yeah. And the water polo competition was was there were four of us in that team that weren't in the Olympic team, so mm. it was almost it was like a pseudo Australian B team.
0: Right.
1: And there there were some teams in that that were really top shelf, so it was. Yeah. And we always tried to do very well.
0: Did you travel overseas for that?
1: Yeah. Where'd so you that go was for in that, one? that was in Palermo in Sicily. Oh, how good. It, oh, it was unreal. It was it was one of the best experiences of my life. Yeah. Walking out in the opening ceremony with hundred and whatever it was, hundred and five thousand people in the in the Olympic well the not Olympic, but in but the yeah. in the stadium. Wow. On the running track. And everything you see of Olympic opening ceremonies, it was exactly that. We just don't get the coverage here. That's crazy. And it was mental. And one of my mates said to me, like, we had these straw hats that <laughs> everyone wanted and I couldn't get my head around it. And he said, when you walk in, take your hat off and wave your arm, look up into the crowd and wave your arm, see what happens. And he'd been to a couple of them and yeah. I did that. And it was like this human wave that just went up the stands <laughs> and oh, it was brilliant. It's we had so good. I think the capacity for our outdoor water polo stadium was ten thousand, Wow. and they filled that, and then they had buildings around the the pool that people were clambering on top of and looking over the top, and then they they being Sicily and being Italy, they mm. just let people in as cool. well that stood around <laughs> that didn't have seats that stood around the pool. They were standing about ten deep. They had to shut the gates in our first game because we were playing against Italy. Yeah, and there were there were people at the gates and there were people everywhere and. You know, that's helicopters good. flying over. It was just, it was absolute mayhem. Like everywhere we went, we had a police escort. Oh. We had police stopping the the streets. Yeah, going the other ways as we drove through. And oh, that's it, so it, amazing! It was, it, it was something bizarre.
0: Okay, so Was that like the highest you got? And did you compete in that games again? Did
1: no, do one? never again. So that one? was I only did that once, yeah. and that was awesome. And we got a bronze medal in that. And so yeah. that that's my most prized sporting. trophy is having my not world champs having the uh, world uni games bronze medal is still my most prized possession
0: i've actually never heard of the world uni games yeah that's amazing
1: it was yeah it was massive and then obviously we got to go and watch other sports after our competition finished and like you see in the olympics we could go and watch some swimming or go and watch some gymnastics or the football was awesome in a huge stadium yeah it was really really cool
0: After your career in water polo, how did you transition then into triathlon and Um,
1: (laughs) Another one that I didn't really intend on doing. Okay. And another one that I didn't.
0: So when you retired, what happened?
1: (laughs) The intention was, so I retired in 2010. Yep. And the intention was to still go to the gym every day. I, I like going to the gym. I like lifting weights. Yeah, I'd never really thought too much about. Uh, longevity of life or yep. wellness or wellness certainly wasn't even a word. <laughs> I do not think people I'd were heard. talking
0: about it back then
1: though. No. It was just I like training and I love going to the yeah. gym and I love I love hurting myself. I love I love that. I love <laughs>
0: the pain. Pushing
1: myself. Yeah. Yep. And getting overcoming. Yep. I just I love that. I w- I was still doing weights five times a week.
0: Yep. Were uh, you doing like a similar program to what you were doing while you were competing? Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: that's the sort of stuff we liked. Yeah. Uh, and then I was also so I so that was 2010 that I retired. In 2008, I started getting into cycling a bit. And my dad had always been since I grew up a, not a competitive road cyclist. He just did it for fun yep. and for health. And he was always riding a bike. And one of my best mates from water polo was a cyclist as well. And mm-hmm. sort of, I remember Chris. O wrote this email from cycling over in Europe and I read that and I was like oh, I was so inspired yeah. and I loved he just had a real way with words and loved what, I I loved the story that he put together about what he was doing. Yeah. So I got into road cycling yeah, um, mainly for, for time with Chris and for just spending time with my dad I And feel then, like
0: cycling is really good for that.
1: Yeah, it's it's really, really good for those sorts of Companionship. Yeah, so I was—I'd been cycling very uh, um, socially since mid two thousand and eight, and I—I was at the age where I was starting to think this is really cool to spend time with my dad and do things with my dad. Yeah. So um, you already
0: had your swimming, then you got your cycling. When would the running come in? <laughs> so
1: then I was—I was cycling uh, Saturdays. We'd do a long ride, and then I was doing Tuesday, Thursday mornings as well. Yep. So I was cycling three times a week. Uh, and then I was doing weights five times a week at that point and yeah. then I didn't want to lose my swimming. So I started swimming, dropped that to Friday mornings only because there was this bunch of guys that I started cycling with yeah. that they would all they were from a triathlon background and I was not interested at all. <laughs> but I thought, well, I can swim with them and I can go to, go to the gym that they go to and I can swim and then they do Friday morning, they do swim and breakfast. Oh, how good. That, yeah, That's you know a deal. I mean, they, yeah, yeah, exactly. And so we started swimming... Friday mornings and then after swimming Friday mornings, I noticed, you know, from from training two or three times a day every day or yep. six days a week for 20 years, the swimming time started to really suffer and I started to find it really hard swimming only once a week. So yeah. I added in a Wednesday as well. So I was swimming twice a week. I, I, at that point I think I was cycling four times a week and I was doing weights five times a week. Wow. And I was meant to be retiring and I thought this is great. <laughs> I don't have to do water polo anymore. And yeah. But I was training a fair bit. That was 2010 and that sort of bubbled along with that group for a couple of years. And then in November of 2012, I think, I should should know, (laughs) my wife left me on our second wedding anniversary. Oh, no. Yeah, and then I was faced with the choice of being obviously – completely distraught yep. do I go to the pub and do what most people do and bury myself in alcohol or yep. do I bury myself in something else that I'm not good at and I thought an Iron Man is ridiculous what a what a <laughs> dumb dumb idea that's incomprehensible and I can't see how anyone can do one mm. let's give that a go
0: <laughs> what a way to like help your mental health though right.
1: as it turns out it's the best thing I could do
0: yeah
1: so I rang up one of the old marathon coaches from the AIS that I was good friends with, John yep. Bell, who was uh, one of the the block supervisors. So the blocks, we all had blocks that we lived in. We lived in block eight, right. block seven next to us with most of the track and field guys. Oh, okay. And he was the supervisor of that and he was a marathon runner and him and Costello started a running group of indigenous people to get them from just... Indigenous communities to go to the New York Marathon and finish that. So he oh, he how knew how to get people from zero to running yeah. a marathon. Right. And I said, do you reckon you'd be able to get an old water polo player who's never <laughs> run a kilometre in his life yep. to run a marathon in a year? And he went, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> said, okay, do you want to help me? Yep, done. So he started help. But there's
0: running a marathon. There's running a marathon after you just swum, was it 3.6K? 3. 3.8. 3.8K, 3. then into 180K cycling, then a marathon?
1: Yeah, and... One of the good things about having never done one was I really had no understanding of how ridiculous probably that a good is. Idea. <laughs> <laughs> so that, I think that's the only way that I got into it was that I didn't comprehend how ridiculous that idea was. I knew it was ridiculous and I knew it was stupid.
0: Yeah, but honestly, it's probably the same amount of money to doing an Ironman that it is to go to therapy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you really yeah. just kind of put your money into and I just absolutely better. buried
1: myself. Yeah, and and it was brilliant. Yeah. And I went from. I felt that with my water polo, I was pushing, I was throwing absolutely everything I could at it by the end. Yeah. And as I said, I never made the Olympic team and I was – my goal was to make the Olympics. Yeah. Which I never made. But every time I'd get a little knocked back, I'd I'd try and throw something else at it and is my diet right? My diet's not – how can I improve my diet? How can I improve my sleep? How can I improve – Maybe maybe I can lift weights slightly differently maybe I can get stronger in this area maybe I can push a bit harder in that yeah. part of the pool and get myself a bit faster and every like I was looking for little micro gains mm-hmm. across the board and everything and I went to Ironman and it was I'm shit at everything <laughs> <laughs> absolutely everything this is so completely out of my comfort zone yeah. and it was brilliant because I started further down the bottom that I could remember ever being in any sport that I'd ever done mm. I was so bad that each Literally each session I went out, I was noticeably better than the session before. How good. It, and it was huge. It was unreal. Instead of making these, trying to make these little microscopic gains that I maybe felt, maybe wasn't sure that I was getting, yeah. I was getting noticeable gains. I was oh, that's crazy. Like every run. So my run started, Belzy told me to get up at five o'clock in the morning. Yeah. He, he's real old school. Get up at five o'clock in the morning, make your bed. And he was really insistent on making your bed. Make your bed. (laughs) Yeah. So do I. Make make your bed. That's the most important thing. He said. Then run. I think at the time it was two hundred and fifty meters.
0: So down the road and back. Yep. Yep.
1: Under the cover of darkness, Mm -hmm. so no one can see you. Run two (laughs) hundred and fifty meters, do a U-turn, run back. Yep. Two days later, let's do five hundred meters and come back, and then you're up to a K. And I thought, wow, I'm running a kilometer.
0: Wow. And then
1: the next day it was. Oh, next time it was, you know, run a K, Mm -hmm. come back. Then it was run 2Ks out, come back, and did that until I got up to like running out 5Ks and back 5Ks. And yep. before I knew it, I was running 10Ks. And I couldn't believe it that I was running 10Ks. And then I started getting into like adding those running sessions. And I think I was running about four times a week. Yeah. And it became apparent pretty quickly that I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> and I.
0: Did you go and do any uh, short course races before no. you went to the. Oh, well,
1: no. So I hadn't planned on it. I okay. just I was never interested in triathlon at all. Right. There was no interest in triathlon in any way shape or form, but I just thought the Ironman was so ridiculous yeah. that I thought, well, let's give that a go. I never thought I'd meet anyone that had done an Ironman. Yeah. Let alone do one myself. <laughs> and even doing them, I've done 4 now mm-hmm. and and Every time I finish one, I just can't comprehend that I've done that. It just yeah. makes no sense. And the, the feeling of pride after running the marathon at the end of an Ironman is yeah. something that I can't even put I into words. I feel
0: like it's a sport that doesn't compare to anywhere else. Like where else? Other than maybe ultra running, but then you're only running. Yeah. Like what other sport do you push yourself so hard in three different sports for well, that long? And then- that's
1: right. And then I before I'd actually signed up to do one, in 2012, a mate of mine who'd done 10. Wow. He called me and said, hey, Mel- Melbourne are putting on an Ironman. Mm-hmm. They're doing a relay event. I've got a friend that wants to do one. He said, I don't have the time to train for one anymore. Yeah. But he's talked me into doing the marathon. <laughs> He'll do the bike. Are you yep. interested in doing the swim? And I'm like, 3.8Ks. I mean, <laughs> you can do that in my sleep. Yeah. And so I went and did that. And a friend of mine who has, he is still to this day who you've met, Still to this day, he's Australia's South Australia's highest-placed pro mm-hmm. at the Kona at Ironman wow. World Championships. Crazy. Um, he's still waiting for Steve McKenna to go <laughs> yeah. and blow his time to pieces. <laughs> we which talk is...
0: about Steve all the time going to do that because I obviously train at Triadelaide and his brother is the coach. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's a common occurrence. So like he... one day it will happen.
1: Yeah. So when Steve goes and does it, like Maddie White has f- finished higher. Yep. Uh, finished faster.
0: Okay. But not higher in But not
1: but higher not higher. Oh,
0: interesting. So how long do you give Steve McKenna to get up there?
1: Uh well all he has to do is really all, all a good
0: prep season and all he has to do
1: is turn up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he'll he'll qualify and then his his time will be Yeah. Great. Yeah, yeah, true.
0: <laughs> so next he, year <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah. I
1: can't wait to see it. And Sharpie keeps saying you can't wait to see what Steve can do and he said and then yeah. then I can stop clinging onto the
0: Talking about Kona, isn't it? A couple of weeks away. Sorry?
1: The the Yeah, it yeah. is. And yep. it's females only. What? Yeah, so this year they changed it. So the men were in Nice. Oh, I heard about Nice. And news. they just yeah. had that uh, like a few weeks ago. Yeah. And then the women are in Kona because of numbers. Because so there's
0: they, so many now. Yeah. Wow.
1: And then so the, the way they're going to do it is and then the plan is next year it'll be men in Kona and women in oh. – I don't know if the women are going to be in Nice or always else, or it's going to be somewhere right? else. Yeah. yeah and they alternate that, I don't know. That's I don't know enough about really it. Smart. I don't really follow Man pros yeah. like I follow. I'm like getting deep into
0: that now, like I'm picking up. I watch more of the girls and the highlights and anything at yeah. the moment. But yeah. Yeah, so
1: that's... Is it this weekend or? No, it's oh, normally it's
0: next. It's in the next two or three weeks. Because it's
1: always, it, it's often. I really struggle because I try and watch Kona and Bathurst on the same oh, weekend. Is and this it, weekend, yeah. yeah. So it, it's a big, big weekend for me when I'm yeah. watching sport because I love Bathurst. I grew up with my mum <laughs> watching Bathurst, so that How really good. excites me as well.
0: Talking about your Ironman, where did you do your four races?
1: So my first. So as I was trying to say before, but I get. I always get. <laughs> Welcome Terribly to the Life of Podcasting. <laughs> <Vibose>. <laughs> I
0: told you about this. Yeah, we yeah, you
1: did, you did. So I went away and did, did the relay. Mm-hmm. And my mate Sharpie he said, Beware, you'll yeah. go and you'll see it and you'll get swept up and you'll have to do one yourself. And I'm yeah. pff, not not a hope in hell. Like, Honestly, I'm not so, they're, they're so <laughs> beyond anything that I could conceive myself mm-hmm. doing. And then when I saw so when you do the relay, mm-hmm. you stop you like I did the swim, got yeah. out of the water. Yeah. Mate went off and did the bike, went and had some breakfast. When he finished the bike, then we got in a car and we drove the 40Ks back up to St Kilda to watch the finish. Yep. And then you get to run over the finish line together.
0: Oh. So
1: you get that feeling of running up the finish chute, which if you talk to anyone that's ever done an Ironman, yeah. you can't the put into words oh, I the love watching feeling those videos. of running up the finish chute. Uh, still to this day, that's, that's 90% of the reason you do an Ironman yeah. is to run up that finish chute. Well, half it, the reason I got you on today is
0: because uh, Busso is next December. I'm thinking of doing it. <laughs> awesome. A <laughs> half though. I'm okay. going to aim for half next December, which gives me like a year to train oh, for I would it. love
1: to do Busso again.
0: Well, December we'll 2024. <laughs> my, my body has to hold
1: up to the training <laughs> program first. Watch
0: out. We might both be uh, there. That'd be great.
1: That'd be excellent. Yeah.
0: Anyway. Um,
1: so anyway, I went, I went away and I, bought, I saw some of the fittest people I've ever seen in my life yep. literally collapse at my feet and vomit oh, and <laughs> thinking... If this is seeing some of the fittest people I've seen ever in the best condition of their lives <laughs> literally collapsed into muscle failure and throwing up uncontrollably yeah. like that, I just, it was incomprehensible. And then running up the finish chute was, in one case, it was, it was exhilarating and, yeah. and amazing but also I felt like a real pretender because <laughs> I hadn't done the bike and I hadn't done the run. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm here and I've got this medal around my neck but it's, it's, I'm, not, I'm really? not worthy of it.
0: Yeah. A third of it, sorry. Yeah. yeah or, he deserved a third of the medal. <laughs> yeah,
1: or not even. I find, I feel like still in Ironman, I, I think it's so skewed yeah. towards a runner that it's, it's ridiculous. Like plenty of people will swim 6Ks twice a day.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Swimmers will swim at least 6Ks a day, twice a day, six days a week. Yeah. An Ironman swim is only 3.8. It's, mm. it's nothing. But then you follow it up with a 180k bike, and most people aren't riding 180ks no. every day. There's a lot of people that ride 180ks once a week, once a week as I was their long say, run. Yeah. But I'd, I'd struggle to find someone who'd run 42 km every single day, no. or even once a week. Would someone run a 42k run as their long run? Probably they're, not. They're, they're probably they're, they're probably people around, but I, I, I don't know them.
0: Something about you train that you run up to maybe like 30, 35 in yeah. a long run. You never push the full amount until you get there.
1: So I find it for me, it's so skewed to a runner.
0: Yeah.
1: That that sport. And so
0: Or a cyclist, like a very yeah, good cyclist who yeah. can run off the
1: But a but a swim, like the swim's just a warm-up. You yeah. just get in you and I mean it's a good someone, way to warm someone up. Like, yeah, someone <laughs> like myself, you're out of the water in anywhere from fifty one to fifty four minutes. Yeah. And then you're riding for five hours. Like yeah, it's just crazy. so chalk and cheese. It's but so in, completely different. But it is different. a
0: good warm-up because you warm up your whole body. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so anyway, yeah. So I felt I felt that I'd half asked it and I was a pretender so I had to go back. And so and So, you're, you're so then I went did. back and I did Melbourne okay. the following year. So I did Melbourne in 2013 yep. and then I uh, signed up. I loved that so much that mm-hmm. I signed up for Melbourne for the following year. Yeah. For 2014. Yeah. And then my partner and I Fell pregnant. Well, I say we fell pregnant. That's, that's you did she. Work. She yeah. <laughs> she fell pregnant, <laughs> and she said you're not doing you're not doing Melbourne next year because that was in March and she was due in April. Okay, that's. Fair. She said that's too close. Uh, and I went okay. Well, what if I do Busso in December and back it up a few months? She was. Yeah, uh, okay. <laughs> you
0: know, I don't know about that.
1: Yeah. All right, and sort of reluctantly let me, mm-hmm. and she came away and watched as well, and so I'd done in 2013 I did. Melbourne in March and I did Busso in December.
0: Which one do you like better? I think I'm going to go with Busso because apparently it's flatter.
1: Busso is a course far better suited to me. Out of all the courses, Busso is far more suited to me. What I found though was I was really let down in Busso by the atmosphere. Mm -hmm. The atmosphere in Melbourne was awesome. And I've never been a fan of Melbourne as a place, but they put on a great event. It was brilliant. It was so good. My question though is
0: the ride flat? Because that's my problem. I want to go somewhere where the riders. is. Well, going.
1: Melbourne, it's not a consideration anymore because that, that Ironman doesn't exist. Oh. So don't worry about that. <laughs> that was that was sort of lightly undulating.
0: Okay.
1: Busso, yeah, it's a great course. I
0: don't it's, know. Melbourne's back on because it's on uh, next, like two weeks ago. Yeah,
1: what? there's a 70.3 there. Yeah. Yeah, It's well, about go halfway so- down the course. Okay. So it's very similar yep. sort of a course, not right. the same. And then, um, and, and, then and then so I did my third one in Cairns mm-hmm. in 2013. Did so you
0: have I, heat train for that.
1: I did. Yeah. So back <laughs> back to my ex partner, I, I talked her into letting me do the 70.3. Yeah. And then six weeks beforehand, I flipped over to I did. <laughs> I, what I did was tell my coach, "Hey, look, I'd love to do the full." Yeah. I've got permission to do the 70.3 and I've entered the 70.3. Yeah. Let's get me to a point where I'm like six weeks out yeah. and if I've done the Ironman training, mm-hmm. well, then we've lost nothing <laughs> and I'm Whoops. fit. Oopsie, let's just flip me Got the wrong
0: number. <laughs> yeah. So
1: let's transfer. And that's exactly what I did. I got six weeks out and I said, look, I'm going to do the full. You're yeah. coming anyway. You're going to be there watching anyway. Yeah. All it means what's is – you... A
0: couple more hours. <laughs> yeah.
1: What's, what's a couple more hours without me? Yeah. You lose nothing – you're not losing anything more in the training because I've already done the training. And you've
0: everything. <laughs> yeah.
1: So she works for UniSA. She was the manager of the School of Pharmacy and Medical Sciences. So yep. she she was really worried about me. Okay. She knows that, that – The well, effects of the Yeah, she everything. was thinking June for an Adelaide person where it's five degrees here and you're training in the cold mm-hmm. and the rain, going up there it's 28 degrees and, and 85% humidity. Wow. How are you going to handle that? So we've
0: been talking about in the triathlon group how next gen's inside pool is a perfect heat drain my because coach that pool the... is so hot.
1: Yeah, well, my coach at the time said to me, "Beware, like the the water in Cairns is twenty eight degrees, and it's a wetsuit swim and because so of is the next stingers." Gen. And he said you won't survive. No.
0: <laughs> Have you swam inside at Next Gen?
1: Next Gen, the pool's 32 degrees. Like it's not an issue.
0: This is why I swim outside at Next Gen and I am that crazy person who swims outside oh, all year round yeah, no matter what the weather's like because of the indoor I pool being so hot.
1: Yeah, I can't do cold. I hate it. So she got me some sessions in the environment chamber at oh, UniSA. Cool. Yeah, nice. And so I was doing runs and bike ergos in the environment chamber. Oh, that's smart. Uh, and they were using it – They were, they gave that to me for free yeah so they'd they'd have young students who were um looking to get their hours up who needed hours with athletes in the environment chamber and they just they were able to tick that off as their time and i was able to tick it off as heat acclimatization and they just said it they'd literally say what do you want every time i'd walk in they'd say what do you want and i'd say well i'll have i'll have 28 degrees please and i'll have 85 percent humidity and they'd they'd get it ready and i'd go in and i'd try and deal with that and yeah, that that was brilliant for heat acclimatization. Oh, that's that so made a smart. huge.
0: That's not what I would have I didn't think like yeah, didn't think it I was did that and I wouldn't have thought to have done
1: that. Yeah, it was so good. So what a lot of the athletes that I was doing uh in the Lakers that I'm mm-hmm. that I was a part of. Oh yeah. I'm still pseudo or well, I'm still friends with a lot of them. Yeah. They would going into the Laundry and setting up their trainers, so that's put their trainer in the laundry. Somebody
0: trains in the laundry. <laughs> yeah,
1: put your trainer in the laundry. Throw a couple of wet towels in the dryer. Yeah. Turn the dryer on.
0: Or train in the garage with the uh, you garage crank door. And down. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Enough. So and it gets hot and humid and and you get used to training in this hot humid oh, environment. It's not it's not very scientific, but it, it, it works. Yeah, it does the trick.
0: Hmm. So from all this sport. Where did the trainer part come in? So after you left your job as being a drafter, so that's kind of how we have lots of friends and friends because that's what we both do. Why did you not want to go back into the building industry and become Uh, a
1: trainer? Sort of half fell into it. Okay. Um, Every boss that I've ever had, in drafting, yeah. and I've been a draftman for 23 years. Yeah, um, Every architectural firm that I've ever worked for or, or building firm that I've ever worked for, the bosses or the managers have always said, why the hell aren't you in the fitness industry? What yeah. are you What are you doing in this? <laughs> this is clearly not you. Yeah. And I'm no, no, no. Because I couldn't see any longevity in yeah. the fitness industry. I said, that's a young people's game and I want something. Originally, <laughs> when I picked drafting, one of the considerations... That led me to drafting was I want to be able to train my whole life. So it's funny how I picked drafting because I wanted to keep fit. Yeah. And I thought if I keep fit and I keep doing a sport, at some times I'm going to get injured. I'm mm. going to be busted. Yeah. And I can sit in a chair and do drafting you know what? and so still do the- my <laughs> job while I'm broken.
0: It's funny that you say that, because one of the guys in my office, he goes, oh, you bloody drafties, you're all so messed up from training. That's why you come drafting. <laughs> then you come drawing and then you're so messed up from drawing you have to go back training again. <laughs> I said, honestly, training is my mental health Oh yeah, capacity to come back and be able to draw again. <laughs> and I'm
1: bang on all the time on Instagram yeah. about about how,
0: how me, good, yeah. me and
1: my best friend, mm-hmm. we train together a lot. Yeah, I don't know. We, we Also we, a drafty. It's also the, it's a drafty, <laughs> yeah. And the two of us really, I think – what formed our friendship was, was the how the, the mental health aspect of, of
0: drafting screw to up. Well, yeah, yeah, And yeah. <laughs> like we have to go. And the train mental health nutrition.
1: aspect of of what what health and fitness did for us, yeah. and yeah. still, still to this day, does. We yep. still. She's my best friend, mm. and most of the time we catch up. We're training.
0: Yeah, isn't that we, crazy?
1: We don't. Often do other stuff, yeah, other than training,
0: yeah. So, go and find it's, yeah, most of us draftees need yeah. to go and be fit on the side, yeah. To yeah. Keep so, going.
1: so, to answer your question, everyone's always said, Why don't you get into the fitness industry? Yep, and I became friends with the girl who owns the gym that we train in our lunchtimes, yeah. Um, so, we we trained, we did weights almost every lunchtime, yep, and then the girl who uh, runs that. She, she'd she always said, why why don't you get into um, health and fitness? You need to be in this industry. And mm. eventually, again, my friend Boz, she she had done a course in her – she'd doing her supervisor's licence and a building course. And yeah. I thought, well, if she can do a course, I can do a course. And, I'm
0: thinking of doing that next and, year. And,
1: and Yeah. And I stayed back with her a few late nights helping her get through that and sort of saw the effort that she was putting in and she inspired yeah. me to think – you know what? And 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 I'd trained with her and helped her. And originally, when we started training together, I was originally helping her. Yep. And she wanted to make some changes in her life and get herself fitter. And I said, yeah, happy to help out. And what sort of started as me helping her became us helping each other. Yeah, And crazy. us being on a an even playing field, I suppose, you'd say, and just being my training partner. Yeah. Each of us... Encouraging and pushing each other the same amount. And Mm -hmm. to see the change in her, not just physically but mentally. It's so good. And and hear her talk to me about things that I'm absolutely would not talk about on this podcast. But but the place that she was. Yeah. And come to the mental place that she is and the things that she's able to do. I just can't put into words. It's just amazing. Yeah. And to see the changes in her more mentally than yeah. physically physically the changes are unbelievable yeah the it's just it's chalk and cheese it's it's amazing to see what she's done and people now when she walks down the street people stop her mm-hmm. and people ask what sport she plays and now she's gone to the point where she just doesn't bother saying i don't do a sport because the argument's too much she just says i'll play for the matildas and they go
0: oh yeah i've seen you (laughs) that's such a good one
1: or people stop her i've seen plenty of times people stop as you walk past the pub and ask her to arm wrestle because her arms are so good (laughs) her physique is amazing but that's the that's the least of it that's just a representation of what's going on inside she's mentally just you know in such a better spot Mm. so that's a long-winded way of saying what i got from that whole experience and still get I, I wanted a small taste of that
0: yeah,
1: in maybe a professional life or even not in a professional life. I thought if I it's do my – It's sad Yeah, if I do my Cert 3 and 4, mm-hmm. then I can say to people, I'm a qualified personal trainer, yeah. um, I can help you out. And I never actually thought that I'd draw a dollar from it. <laughs> I never intended to draw a dollar from it. I just thought if I get that qualification, yeah. then when someone else says to me, hey – I've seen what you've done with her. Can do you reckon you can help me? I go, yeah, I can. Yeah,
0: nice. Um, did you do your cert three and four then? Did you? I, so I day? enrolled
1: for that. Yep. Early this year. Yeah. Right, right at the start of the year, I enrolled for it. Who and did you
0: go through?
1: That is through. It's called Vast Academy. Yep. And I thought my life's so crazy mm-hmm. in terms of things that I do. That I, I you know, I've got, I've got two kids. And I'm busy seeing them, and then I train. Two or three times a day every day. Yep. And then I had a full-time job as a drafter, And then I live with my mum and I'm her full-time carer as well. Yeah. And she's she's got advanced rheumatoid arthritis and and a lot of health struggles that that needs care. Uh so my, my life's pretty full on. Mm-hmm. And I thought Just I've, a little. <laughs> I've got absolutely no time to do this course. Yeah. But I'll enroll and I'll try and find a way. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't found a way. <laughs> and then come the day that I The building industry, as you know, is up and down and all over the place. And And we lost 69 people in our company in one morning. Wow. And I was lucky enough to be one of them. (laughs) Didn't see that coming, came into work on a Tuesday morning and didn't finish the day. And I'm sent, I won't say her name, but uh, because she's working in a few different places, (laughs) sent her a message and said, hey, you don't have anything going, do you? I'm about to be made redundant. She said, I do. I've got a position.
0: Isn't it crazy how things happen like that? Yeah.
1: Do you want to come in for a chat this afternoon? Uh, Yeah, okay. Yeah, sure. (laughs) And I went and had a chat. She said, I've got this spot at this place. Are you interested? And I was like, "Uh, really? This could happen? (laughs) She said, yep. Uh, We've got an academy running in two weeks. Wow. I'll need to know by the end of the week if you want to do it. The spot's yours if you want it. I think you'll be great.
0: It's literally like one door slam shut and the other one like – Came straight, and, over.
1: and she said, "I see you every day. I know what you do, and I know what you you two do together. And I see the way you go about your life, and I yeah. see the way you go about training with her. and mm-hmm. And I reckon you'd be great at it. And I thought, oh shit, I've got to make <laughs> it, I've got to make a call here. Yeah. And then talking with Bosie, as you know, my best mate and my training partner, and and as she said, you know, you've got a redundancy package here. You've got time to think. Yeah, exactly. You've you've always wanted to do this you'll need to finish your set three and four. Mm-hmm. Uh, this will allow you that capacity. She's given you this opportunity to go and do this.
0: Yeah.
1: And if you don't like it, well, what if you lost? You're, you're basically being paid for six months
0: yep.
1: to do this. Mm-hmm. If you don't like it, go back to drafting. Yeah, exactly. It, you couldn't get a better opportunity. And I thought, you know what, let's give it a go. Mm-hmm. And everyone that I said that I was giving it a go has said, yep, good good move, that's, <laughs> that's you. Yeah. So I was into the academy within like 2 weeks and got through that and then
0: Here you are. Here, yeah, here we are.
1: And it's a, <laughs> And some, so
0: you're working as a trainer now?
1: Uh well, sort of. Okay. So yes. I got the gig mm-hmm. and then the it's it's a franchised business yep. um, and the head office had said no because you haven't finished your cert 3 and 4 yet. Okay. And you haven't or you you either have to have finished your cert 3 and 4 mm-hmm. or you have to be a clinical Pilates instructor. Okay, what's of easier? Which, of which I was neither. <laughs> yeah. But I was ready to go. Mm-hmm. And all the clients were saying, when are you on the, on the full roster, you're ready to go? And and I was teaching half classes and all ready to go. Yeah. And literally two days beforehand, head office said, nah, not oh, not okay. yet. You need one of those two. How quickly can you get one? Uh, so I did some research. And so I'm now just a large percentage of the way through my clinical Pilates instructors course. Yeah. Which is something that I'd never intended to do either. (laughs) But now I'll have that feather in my cap and that'll be brilliant. And that's given me so much already.
0: And it's such a boom at the moment, Pilates and recovery as well.
1: Oh, it's huge. And it's it's I think it's still got scope to only get bigger at the moment. It's still got that female centric sort of feeling about it and a few men are starting to get into it. But with something like strong, Mm -hmm. which is a Pilates based they call it Pilates. Uh, Pilates inspired. Okay. They've got cardio at one end, and they've got weights, and they've got dumbbells, and and then they see blokes, and they've got AFL players who are promoting yeah. it, and and there's and a
0: lot of them own franchises as well in I'm, the like I'm eastern n- states.
1: I'm not a hundred percent sure, yeah. but a lot of them are ambassadors. Yeah. And I, again, I don't follow AFL, so I don't know the names <laughs> and I don't know the faces. And I even shared on my social media one day, I shared a bloke who was doing strong and said, why don't you come down and give this a go?
0: Yeah,
1: um, He's a bloke doing it. And a few people said, I can't believe you shared a photo of him. <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean of him? <laughs> like you sharing an AFL player like he's uh, – I'm like – but you mate. <laughs> Who's that? Like I had no idea. And still to this day I'm I don't know the guy. <laughs> But it was some guy who's apparently the best known AFL player in the country. I wouldn't have a clue. Crazy, <laughs> crazy. So yeah. So hopefully within the next month or so, I'll be back on the full time roster for that, and then uh, then I'll be back finishing my cert three and four. But I'll have my clinical Pilates instructors be loaded accre- accreditation as well, and I can then do mat work in, um, instructing, and I can do reformer instructing, and yeah, a bit and, of everything. Yeah, it's nice. brilliant.
0: You've spoken a lot about injury and recovery. So, how important do you think it is to recover properly to come back to either a sport or get back into training? And oh, what's the best ways to do it?
1: Well, there what's are your best ways. <laughs> there are varieties of ways to do it, and as I've got older and become more mature, I've now found recovery being so super important. I don't know, like that's also. If you look at social media and mm. people getting into recovery, and that's that's where that's where things are won and lost, as as you and I know, yeah. and a lot of people in the fitness industry know, the the sessions that you do are the causing damage part to your body.
0: Yeah, of course.
1: And all the all the gains are done in the recovery. And so, so like if,
0: you were saying about your back injuries, what did you yeah. learn from those and coming back to get oh, to become I'm still, stronger? I'm still learning, <laughs>
1: <laughs> and Pilates is helping. A lot too. Uh, Yeah, unspeakably so much with the strengthening my core and being able to help with that. And my my physio is the head physio of the Australian Olympic team and he was saying to me before my first back operation, you need to be doing Pilates.
0: Yeah, right.
1: And – the more I get into Pilates, he keeps saying, Remember me telling you this back in 2011? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I know, I know. 12 years
0: later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> and look, I'm, I'm now in your um, <laughs> practice and I'm studying. So, yeah, yeah the, the recovery stuff is just massive, whether it be recovery from individual sessions or recovery from an injury or yeah. recovery
0: from. What's your favorite way to recover? So like I've spoken about my recovery session, so I make a thing every Saturday afternoon to go to Next Gen yeah. and get in the sauna and I do three to four rounds of 10 minutes in the sauna, 10 to 15, depending yeah. how hot it is in there. Because, you know, the <laughs> a heater... couple of men get in there and put some oils on and it gets really hot sometimes. Yeah, well, the
1: new heater is really hot. Yeah, well, going... the one
0: upstairs is better ah, anyway. Yeah. And then you get in the ice bath for about five to seven minutes and then either yeah. the steam room if it's working and then do that for... So I I try and do at
1: least one 20-minute sauna after every swim. So that's three times a week. And then I try and stick in another one if I can. If I can get three to four saunas a week, that's great. Yeah, nice. Sometimes if I've got the time, I'll do... Yeah, I just do
0: that in one session.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, sometimes I'll do a double sauna session. So I'll do two 20-minute with a a nice plunge in the pool that you swim in. I use as an ice bath. (laughs) Uh, Or...
0: It's not that cold. Oh,
1: no, it's freezing.
0: It's so good. (laughs) (laughs) But I've always been known, so Dad has this thing he always says that when I was a kid, we went on holiday to Queensland and it was probably like June or July, so it was freezing up there. Anyway, there was this pool outside a hotel room and there was literally ice cubes on the top of this pool. And guess who was in it? Me, (laughs) all the time. I've literally not changed since I was 10 and getting in the ice pools.
1: (laughs) So I bought an ice bath sort of listening to... All this um, sort of new wave of, yeah. of ice bath fad, and I and I watched if, like I watch a lot of podcasts yeah, online, so <laughs> and, and and Andrew Huberman was the one who really got me oh, into it. My was telling
0: me about uh, him last weekend, and yeah, to go and watch Huberman's
1: him. one of my favourite podcasters. The
0: neuroscientist? yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, and uh, I watched a three-hour podcast that he had on. Cold shock therapy. Can
0: you send this to me and we'll put it in the show notes as well. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah, it's and it's brilliant. And I've watched it a number of times. And all it's all Mm evidence-based and everything that he spoke about, I thought, I need that. Like every single point that, oh yeah, I need that. I need that. I need that. But I hate cold. So I bought one of the cheap hundred and twenty dollar ice baths and I was doing that last summer almost every morning.
0: I think I'm gonna get into that.
1: Yeah, and it's 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 good. Yeah. Um, I
0: remember hearing you jump in as I was getting ready oh, to go to the gym. Man, like, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, he's in the ice bath five again." Five o'clock in
1: the morning, getting into five degrees, <laughs> and, put, and I'm Thanks doing. Thanks for being it. my alarm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's nicer man. to wake up
0: than the Apple alarm.
1: <laughs> oh geez. So yeah, I, I wouldn't say I like that. I love the saunas,
0: but, do but I do like lo-
1: I do love the combination at Next Gen of bit of both doing the sauna and then doing the cold plunge and then yeah, doing the sauna. Honestly, and then doing I find the cold I sleep
0: plunge. so well that night after like a good recovery yeah, session
1: too. Yeah. And then my and next week
0: of training is so much better.
1: Yeah. And I've I, I like to do my long rides on a Saturday, yep. most Saturdays if I can, anywhere from uh, 6 to 7 hours on the bike, so anywhere from anywhere from 100 to uh, last weekend I did 155 like in, in summer I'm often up around 200k on a yeah. on a Saturday. And I've got a pair of those uh, Normatec legs and the (laughs) hips and nothing better than on a Saturday night to get get in in the recliner and put my legs up (laughs) and do an hour of just like I don't, I just don't get time in front of TV. I don't don't have TV. I Mm. I used to have people when I was drafting say, what are you watching on Netflix?
0: (laughs) What? Yeah, I literally like maybe half an hour on the TV, like on the weekend I'll watch something. But honestly,
1: I I'll, listen to more podcasts at the moment. Yeah. Well, I'll have T V on mm. as I'm unpacking my bags from the current day and repacking yeah. my bags for the night before. But yep. honestly, I get home at eight o'clock at night mm. and I try yes, to get similar. to bed by sort of nine o'clock. Yeah, and, and and I'm probably awake at the place I sleep mm-hmm. for half an hour to an hour every night. Yeah. That's it. And then I'm up and I'm out of that out of the door by five o'clock in the morning. Yeah, so I don't sit around watching T V. So on mm. a Saturday night if I can Put the normatec legs on and be stuck there <laughs> in front of the TV, yeah. or just watching a podcast or something. It's it's that would be my favourite. And and when your legs are really sore, yeah. And and I love to empty the tank on the bike. Yeah. Like I love nothing better. Like last Saturday's ride, I realised the lights were I out. I saw
0: that on your Instagram, <sighs> and I was like, oh man, that's a long ride. <laughs> the
1: lights were out at. I was at the bay and I had to come back up Anzac Highway and we live what 16 k's out of the city to to the northeast. So yeah, 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 it was probably it was probably about 30 k's to go and it's predominantly uphill and I was done.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There's a tram, you know, and the yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, and and my mum had said, why don't you get an Uber? And i like, nah, this is part of the like, part of what I like doing is completely emptying the tank. And I love that feeling of getting off the bike going, oh, I'm so cooked. But then you, as you said, then you have to do the recovery. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And you have to try and get the fluids in and get the electrolytes in and yeah. get the magnesium in and the, the right nutrition and do the things like lying on your back and getting your legs up above your heart and doing all of those sorts of things. Yeah. It's, I find that I love the process and going back to the, the whole Iron Man thing. What I enjoy about Iron Man more than the actual race day is the process. Yeah, right. I, I just love process. Mm-hmm. I love that starting and building the base. It's <laughs> why
0: you're a drafty. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I love process, <laughs> and I and I love routine. Yeah, I love it. Well,
0: fairly similar on that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah,
1: just just going through that building a base. And okay, from from base work, we're now going to move into power, speed, and then yeah. speed and power. And now we're going to sharpen it up, and we're going <laughs> to. And I, I just love that. How and good. Yeah.
0: So you said you're a dad. What's the importance from a dad's perspective to kind of show your kids how to have a fit and healthy lifestyle?
1: Um, from my perspective, I just want my kids to know that that's normal. Yeah. What what I do is normal, and and I know a lot of parents want what whatever it is they do. Yeah. For their kids to see that as normal, but I don't want like my kids. Don't understand drinking, and I'm not. I'm not an anti drinker, and, yeah. and I don't consider myself a non drinker. I haven't had a drop of alcohol for year and a half. Well, I feel was...
0: better for it turns. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Were you and a drinker before? Yep. Yeah, right. Right
1: through my water polo career, it's like it's like a, a a footy sort of culture. It's it's drinking is a big part of the water polo culture, and yeah. always was, and and. You've and like, a lot of sport culture, yeah, and a lot of sports and uh, building and industry culture, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and people used to ask me, at, when you were living at the AIS, how come you all used to go out and get blind mm. two or three times a week? Well, it was on three times a week, but <laughs> some were. But it was often Friday nights and Saturday nights. Why yeah. would you do that? And my guess at the time was we were just trying to be more normal than normal people.
0: Yeah, right. We'd train we train ourselves
1: to... so hard that we will now go out and be normal. Yeah. But we were trying to be more normal than the normal people, <laughs> and by nature of the sort of person who's at the out AAS, how tall everybody else is. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and by nature of the sort of person that's at the AAS, they're an obsessive. Um, compulsive sort of a person yeah. who ta- takes and the things to extremes. Yeah, yeah, and so did the same with drinking.
0: Wow, interesting.
1: And the more I got into cycling, the more I wanted to like jump on my bike at eight o'clock on a or seven o'clock on a Sunday morning, as opposed to be hungover. Yeah, and and that's where that sort of started. That came from, and I started drinking less and less and less as time went on, and I wanted to be better at my sport. And the more yeah. I put into what I wanted to do as my sport. Mm-hmm and my health and fitness yeah. the less i wanted to drink because i learned more about what alcohol can do to your body
0: yeah that right. i was
1: trying to do everything else yep. all these little things if i just did this one big thing and just took that out i noticed you you don't drink one night you don't drink saturday night yep. and i used to notice massive differences in my training so that's a bit of background to i don't drink a lot yep i say i don't drink a lot i haven't had any alcohol for over a year and a half that's
0: fun well done
1: and my ex, she doesn't drink much either. Almost never. Yep. She again. I'm not against drinking. Anyone yeah. who wants to drink, fine. I'm not. I don't. I, just for I, you
0: personally. Just for, for me personally,
1: it's her. my it's my choice that I I don't choose to do that.
0: Yeah.
1: And I don't want my kids thinking that it's normal to go and get daddy a beer. Or yeah. And I don't like the idea of kids seeing their parents throwing up and yeah, and those sorts of things. So yeah. That's a long winded way of saying I want my kids to see health and fitness as just normal. It's and just what's done. It's it's life. it's nothing different. It's nothing to be to think is a battle. It's nothing to think is something that I then have to go and do. Yeah. Like like some kids or a lot of kids, I certainly was one of them. Shit, I've got to eat my veggies. Like <laughs> eating my veg ugh. Yeah. I want my kids to know that
0: You need those to be healthy and that, fit that and go-
1: going out and doing Doing gym, Daddy's doing gym. That's just what he does. Yeah. That's that's just part of life. Mm. And it was funny when I started doing the strong. It was really good. I had this long. On Tuesdays we have what's called uh, loaded lower. Yeah. So it's I've predominantly, <laughs> yeah, predominantly a leg session mm-hmm. with the cardio infused stuff as well. So you do, uh, you'll do a block of either rowing or riding, and yeah. then you'll do some leg strength stuff, whether it be on the row former or or it be with dumbbells or your squats or whatever you're doing and then you go back to the – and I was struggling to walk and my daughter, who's now nine, she said, what's the matter? I said, oh, my legs are stuffed. (laughs) And we were doing it strong and we were doing um, some uh, Bulgarian split squats. And she said, oh, what's what's Bulgarian split squat? And I said, oh, and I tried describing it. She said, can you show me? And I said, no, you'll do one now. (laughs) And so – I taught her how to do them and she went and got her dumbbells. She's got some dumbbells oh and God, she went and did best. them and I said, put your foot up there and I, and I made her do it and I counted her through the, okay, no, this is the strong tempo. You have to go. Now let's go down for four, three, <laughs> two, one. Now let's hold yeah. and now back up for four, three, two, one. And, and the look she, she gave me, <laughs> she was like, oh, my God. She
0: some sympathy for your sore legs.
1: And then I noticed the next few weeks... She was doing little fitness courses that she was setting herself oh, in the backyard, and this nine-year-old was doing these little shuttle runs. And she had skipping stations, and then she had like a chin-up station, and then <laughs> she had push-ups, and then uh-huh. she had these Bulgarian split squats oh, that she that's was doing. So and she, good. the feeling that I got from my kids thinking, "Well, Daddy does this, I'll uh-huh. do that as well." Mm. It, oh, it, was, it was just that. brilliant. It's
0: like so heartwarming to know it, that you've yeah. had that effect on your children. It,
1: uh-huh. it was excellent. It was yeah. it was so good. And and I thought back to my time as a kid watching my dad go and ride his bike up Anstey yeah. Hill and me just knowing that that's what dad did.
0: So it's so weird. I came from like a completely different like background. Like my parents, like neither of them are fit. And so I remember mum went to the gym for about three months at one point. She'd come home like this is crap. I'm <laughs> never going back again. And then I started playing sport just fell in love with it. And yeah. so my parents are like, look, they'll go for like a walk and whatever and yeah, mum walks daily with the dog and all that kind of stuff and that's. Her enjoyment and being fit, but yeah, it's interesting coming from a background where I never saw that. Whereas I wish I saw what you're giving your daughter. Because that is really inspiring. It's
1: amazing. We just bought our son just turned six, yeah, and we bought him a bike for his. Your
0: videos of this, I love seeing it. It's the best. (laughs) The best part when you like both get your bikes out and they look the same.
1: (laughs) And so both of them have got a Trek, and they've and then I I had my triathlon race bike there. At their place, and then so they still live. I'm living with my mum, full time carer for her, yep. a bit of background there. I see my kids pretty well every day, and yep. I'm there every day. And we've got a good enough relationship that we still co parent quite well. Yeah. And I've got some stuff there at their place, and one of them was my race bike. Yep. And you can't ride your triathlon TT bike
0: no.
1: <laughs> into the playground and up over the grass and through the dirt. Although
0: all the mums would look at you, but <laughs> you won't so, pick up a mum like that. <laughs>
1: So I bought a, a mountain bike so that I could ride with them a few weeks back. Oh,
0: no, a triathlon person on and, a mountain bike. Here we go. And, it, it,
1: and it's just been,
0: so cute, again, one of the most their.
1: rewarding things to to be taking my son down to the linear park and we're riding along. Yeah. We're up over grass and we're <laughs> through dirt. And and then to hear him say, Daddy, I love riding with you. It's like, oh, it's, that's like, so, oh, cute. it's so cool. Does that
0: take you back to memories of when you used to do it with your dad as well? Absolutely. So good.
1: And I lost my dad in uh, 2010 and and not yeah. a day goes by when I don't miss him and yeah. miss those times when I could have spent time with him on the bike. And yeah. so to do it with Jackson oh, El, and Annabelle, it's just, it's so good. It's so good. And I can't speak highly enough of, well, or more passionately about getting kids off screens mm. and it's so hard to get your kids off screens yeah. and it's so easy to let them, I do it myself. Yeah. Anyone who says they won't let their kids get on the screen is a bullshit artist. Yeah, it's so like.
0: But there's the, time and places for yeah. your kids to get on screens. Like if you're out at dinner, yeah, exactly. Like, shut and them I, up for ten and minutes. I was or in, in the car on a long drive. Yeah, Fair exactly. Like, I and I was in the it. doctors
1: the other day, and I, and he said to them, "Do you want to just go out in the waiting room?" And I'm like, no, I'm not sending him out in the waiting room. And Jackson said, "Can I watch YouTube on your phone?" Yes. So I put my earpods absolutely. in. That's so that was fine. And yeah, and he gets the the ipad out at home and he's obsessed mm-hmm. and he'll get on it and i'll go oh, what are we going to do do you want to go outside nut? Nah. do you want to jump on the bike with daddy yep let's go and yeah, we'll go for a 10k that. ride he's he can ride 10 or 13ks so
0: good for his little legs it, it's if they're gonna so be as cool long as yours. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's just
1: so cool so as i said those things with annabelle my daughter to see her lifting weights yeah, and that's amazing. doing squats and doing split squats and him riding the bike and yeah then we go and we play some basketball, or the, for them to see that as it's not it's not an event, it's not anything different. That's yeah. just what you do, and that's that's just that's just life.
0: That's the best. It,
1: it's brilliant. They go with their mum, and if she's got them, and I can't most of the time, if one of us are busy, the other one can take them. Yeah. But if if she's got an occasion, say in the school holidays, where I'm working or studying or something like that, and yeah. I can't take them, and she's got them, she used to do. She's done over. Think it's over 700 F 45 classes. Yeah. she just take them to F-45. And they'll just sit there and they'll watch Mummy so do F 45. Or now so I think it's Fit Stop or whatever it is she does. And it's brilliant. Yeah. I'm in full support love of that. that. For, I love
0: that when I used to do CrossFit, the kids used to come and watch It's so, so cool. Good.
1: There's there's a little girl, Lexi, mm. that I've become friends with, who's <laughs> six years old <laughs> down at Strong at Modbury. And yeah. and she comes in and she just hangs out and she watches her mum train and, so it, you, good. and it's brilliant for her like to see her to know that mum that's just what you do yeah. it's nothing different so it's good. it's i can't put into words I how love good that it is so
0: much. that's what excites me so much to have kids and to like teach them that technology yeah. you don't always need it
1: yeah yeah it's it's so good and, and health and health, health and fitness is just what you do yeah it's not it's not anything different it's yeah. not it's not something that even requires effort and thought. It's just it's part of daily routine. Yeah. Every morning, dad gets up and rides his bike. Yep. We know that. Every <laughs> lunchtime, dad goes to gym. Yeah. Dad will go for a run or, yep. sorry, I can't do this. Got even if it's taking the dog for a walk, whatever it is, yeah. that's just normal.
0: Listen to the question. What's your number one motivation uh, with your success in Podium? Uh, personal motivation to be the best you or is it just in pure enjoyment and a love of the sport?
1: It's a whole combination of everything. I think it has to come from various locations, mm. various ways. Um, as I said, since Boz and I became really close mates, yep. we spur each other on and we message each other or talk to each other all day, every day. And yeah. it's like, hey, what are you doing now? What am I doing now? If like, yeah, we lift together, 3 times a week we were lifting 6 times a week through our hypertrophy block. Yep. But if she's doing Pilates down at Fernwood, what are you doing? Yeah, like, okay, okay, yeah, I'm doing it's this. It's accountability okay. that's yeah, really yeah, yeah. strong. Okay, well, you know, we'll talk the night before so she'll go, okay, so what's your routine for the morning? Are you swimming in the morning or are you what are you doing? It's not a, it, she knows it's not a swimming morning, so what what is it that you're doing? Yeah. Uh, well I'll get up and I'll do the, whatever it is. <laughs> so, that yeah. that's one of my motivators. Yeah. Being healthy and fit is another huge motivator. Yep. So another good one for you to listen to is Peter Atiyah, who I don't know if you've listened to any of his stuff.
0: No, nope, save me another link. Yeah, <laughs> another
1: link. Peter Atia is one of my favourite podcasters and he's yep. a GP and he he's just written a book called Outlive oh, yeah. that he's just released and it's about how not only you can live longer mm-hmm. but how you can live healthier and better for longer. Oh, good. And he oh, won't even – begin to try and go into <laughs> what what he says his theories are but i i've listened to a lot of his stuff and try and take on a lot of his uh practices and his yeah. studies on living longer and healthier and looking at my practices and looking at my my routines and what i'm doing not only can improve my quality of life now yeah but can improve my quality of life later yeah, and as that. as he says the decline will come. Mm. Doesn't matter what age you are, you, you don't know not, when it's gonna be. You're happen. not gonna <laughs> beat Father Time. The decline will come. Yep. So you need to put yourself in the best possible position yep. for when that decline comes. And then as that decline comes, you need to be able to stave that off for as long as possible and de- and, and, and reduce that decline. That that's another huge motivator. And as I said, you know, Bosie and the interaction with her and the it's not the competitiveness, it's it's just a, having a training inc-
0: body to keep you accountable. Y- yeah.
1: Yeah, and I said in one of your previous podcasts, yeah, if it's not just a training partner, yeah, it's it's a training group. Yeah. if you can have a group like this group that I started cycling with, mm-hmm. we used to all spare each other on, and, and that was more of a boys club. That was <laughs> that was less encouraging boys and more boys
0: on bikes. Woo, that's dangerous. It was it was
1: <laughs> that was yeah a very um, blokey bravado-y sort of a group that yeah. you all used to hang shit on each other and it maybe not so positive yeah. <laughs> but you still you got together as a group and being included in a group and i think that's that's a real motivator yeah, as well nice.
0: So another question, one of my friends, uh, it goes, some of the followers or listeners of the pod have rumoured to call you hot neighbour. What do you think about that? <laughs> you're I, not, they, they literally don't know your name. That's what you're known as. Well,
1: I didn't know that.
0: <laughs> well, welcome. <good. laughs> I just thought we'd chuck something funny in it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
1: fair enough. No, well, no, I didn't know. <laughs> um That's good.
0: (laughs) I'll take it. (laughs) Time for our five fast questions. So you choose a number between 1 and 20. First thing that comes to your mind, I need you to spit it out. So choose a number.
1: 13.
0: All right. Number 13 is stuck in an island, Uh, what's three items you're taking with you? (laughs) First things that come to your mind. Stop thinking about it. I
1: don't know. My bathers. Yeah. I love swimming. Uh, (laughs) uh, Jeez, that's a hard one. Um, a towel Yeah, that could help <laughs> One more And um, pff, uh, I don't know, stuck on an island something, <laughs> something to cook with Okay, okay good one Alright, next, next number Next uh, number Seven
0: Okay, number seven, what's your coffee order?
1: Long black or double shot espresso depending on how I'm feeling at the time
0: <laughs> Alright, next one
1: uh, Next number, yep. uh, five
0: Okay,
1: favourite saying or motto to live by? Uh, it used to be for years and I had it written everywhere and it was a Lance Armstrong quote, which is somewhat controversial these days, <laughs> but I still think that he was the best road cyclist ever. Yep. Um, Before and after he popped up. <laughs> he had a quote, if better is possible, good is never enough. And I had oh, that on good. all my training diaries through my water polo career and yeah. and I used to really think a lot about that and I if better is possible, good is never enough. Yeah. And what are you doing? Is that what have you done today? Have you lifted that? It, was that good? Yeah. Like, well, but is there better? Can yeah. you do better than I what like you that. did?
0: That's a good and one. And
1: every single time, and it really helped me in a lot of everything I did. Yeah. I'd, I'd I'd swim. I know I'm going into this, and it's meant to be fast. But <laughs> swimmer, say a hundred meters or a fifty meters, and yeah. I go was is, is better possible? Mm-hmm. Better is always possible. Yeah. And you go, can I do better than that? So that oh, I think that one's so just good. brilliant.
0: All right, next number.
1: Uh, 11.
0: All right, 11 is as a kid, what job did you want?
1: Uh, I don't know as a kid. I think I was one of those people that got <laughs> to like year 11 and I was like, shit, I've got to get a job at some <laughs> point. And what am I going to do? And yep. uh, yeah, I don't know. I remember I remember when I just sort of started getting into architectural drafting at, probably in year 11 was about the time that I started thinking about that. I couldn't tell you.
0: And last one, number.
1: Uh, let's go... Uh,
0: Okay, number two. Coffee with somebody dead or alive, who is it?
1: Oh, that would probably be Kobe Bryant.
0: Wow, good one. Yeah,
1: he's such an amazing, amazing person to listen to any of his interviews and his thoughts on life and Mm. not just he. Where were
0: you when he died?
1: Do you remember?
0: Or when you found out?
1: Yeah, so I had pneumonia and I was lying in bed Quite sick after having ridden to lofty with pneumonia. Oh my god! I trust you to do that. And yeah, that was that was the celebrity death that hit me the hardest. Out yeah. of yeah, it's of the biggest
0: one that I remember. Oh,
1: it, it I was floored me. I was in distra- a hotel
0: room in Milan, and oh. like literally, had just got in the hotel room from being out for the day, and it came up like all this breaking news. Somebody had died. Superman or, doesn't die. No, no. Uh, it was about the helicopter crash had happened and somebody was yeah. in it that we knew. Yeah. And then I, remember. I was as it developed, there, I was literally scrolling like Instagram or Facebook on my phone and everybody's sharing all these posts. I was like, this is weird. Like what's happening? And I kept watching on and then, yeah, it got announced. And then I went to America a week later and I was oh in my LA God. maybe a week and a half later and I just remember it was well, crazy. Well, that's
1: interesting. you I, can okay. draw parallels to I was in England. Mm. I can remember when Princess Di passed wow. away and I, we were away for World Uni Games yeah. and I was swimming in the Mediterranean and one of the umpires swam out and he went, hey, Princess Di's just died. We went, huh? Jeez. No, she hasn't. <laughs> so I went to England and I was standing at Kensington Palace wow. seeing all the flowers and people oh, sobbing and so crazy. I can understand how, how that was. But the yeah. Kobe Bryant thing really hit me not only for his personal for, – yeah. for the sporting stuff that I thought that was really all I knew mm. about back then. Him and Gianna mm. and and being the father of a young girl just broke Crazy. my – absolutely tore my heart mm. out and then hearing how he wanted to be a better dad and all yeah. – listening to every interview that I could about – I, I like hearing his interviews about him as a as a parent wow. and, it, and it just – He's, he's someone to aspire to in his mm. parenting style, let alone his sporting yeah. style. Is
0: that your favourite term, LA then?
1: Yep. Yeah, right, yep. fair enough. I grew up as a Bull supporter <laughs> watching Michael Jordan, <laughs> yep. and but the nearest thing to Michael Jordan, I still believe, was Kobe Bryant. Yep. And Jordan still says he's the nearest thing. Kobe Bryant was the nearest thing to him because yep. he stole all his moves. <laughs> and That's what Jordan says. That's
0: such a good one. PW time so it's something good that happened in your week and something that wasn't great. Well,
1: the, the I guess the not great would well, be... So you
0: always start with the worst so our PW is okay. our personal worst?
1: Yeah, that'd be mum's uh, stacking it on yeah. her face three Sick. times in four days mm. and ending up in hospital and it's it's been a... It's it's been a busy
0: week. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> been... <laughs> Look, being like on the other side of the fence, kind of being there for you in a way. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, been. It's been... Yeah, reckon... that's,
1: that's been tricky. Yeah, yeah, I
0: reckon my PW week, it sounds like nothing compared to yours, but <laughs> you no know, bloody swimmers here. How annoying that is. <laughs> uh, I've been swimming constantly, probably twice a week for about a year now. And, yeah, the, I think it's the aquatic centre. That water there is pretty mangy. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Swing With Earplugs I bought from Rebel Sport this week. Oh. Game changer. Yeah? Yeah. I, yeah like, I've honestly only had that hate, a few times. Yeah, it's not fun. It's not fun at all. And I've had a few. And it's like, it's not, yeah, it's really hard to treat as well. It is. So it's we're on the other side of that. And we're good to go again. Not fun. <laughs> not fun. Painful too.
1: It is really painful.
0: Yeah, I didn't really know much about it until I googled more into it. Yeah, then, I've um, had
1: it. I've had it probably two or three times, and I haven't went to had the it the doctor's.
0: Years. And she's like, "You sure?" And I was like, "Oh, I know." <laughs>
1: yeah, it hurts.
0: Yeah, and then PB, you your personal best of the week.
1: Oh, that would be. Oh, I don't know. I, uh,
0: Anything could be simple as your coffee this morning.
1: Yeah, well, coffee was good this morning. <laughs> um, uh, let's go with um, weights today. Was quite good yeah good Um, session yeah good session this afternoon yeah Yeah, we both of us had a really sort of trying time going on and nothing that i'll get into on this short thing but
0: but good to clear it out
1: great to get in there and just blow it out and work hard and that was brilliant yeah
0: my pb of the week oh that's a tough one you know what we had a pizza lunch at work today, and it was oh, so nice yum. to sit with the team around and just talk. It's like rare that we all do that, but I reckon that was my PB oh, of the week. I
1: love, I love
0: I looked forward to that all week, yeah. and it came. It's like that's pretty good. I can get,
1: I can completely understand that. Love people, that. people say all the time, "Oh, do you love lollies? Do you like chocolate?" And lollies and chocolate. No, nah, I'm a salty made, person. Pizza oh, <laughs> or hot chips, they're mine. Oh, stop. <laughs> I'm hungry. <now. laughs>
0: And then to finish off, what's your recommendation? So what have you been listening to or watching this week? Uh,
1: well, as I said, yeah, Andrew Huberman. I love I love listening to Andrew Huberman. I love that. Any, any of his stuff and he's got a huge range of things and it's so – he's brilliant at the way he conveys his message yeah. and he, he's an incredibly intelligent, learned scientist but he yeah. doesn't talk in a way that, that – He's hard I really to, have to get onto him. Like, oh, he's a lot just, of
0: people are talking about He's him.
1: unreal. And he can do – he's also – his cousin is Tom Segura, the, the comedian. Oh. So he can do the comedy podcast as well. And I got onto him through Joe Rogan because I'm a big Joe Rogan yeah. fan. So – Huberman's excellent, mm. but Peter Attia, I can't recommend listening okay. to him. we'll tag
0: them yeah. and I'll uh, have a listen as well. Yeah,
1: they're fantastic.
0: I my record of the week. You know Hamish Blake and his podcast, How Other Dads Dad? I've
1: heard – I haven't <laughs> listened to one of them and I've heard Honestly, that's really good. I
0: started listening this week in the Scotty Cam episode. Yeah. Amazing. The stuff that he was talking about how he brought his kids up and – yeah, really that, good. That's one I should. I look think you into. need to get on to that one.
1: Yeah, being a dad, I guess. That yeah. <laughs> any you. any info you can get.
0: And then I listened to the Hugh Van Kalenberg one. He okay. had him on today. Really good. Haven't heard that. Um, but yeah, good podcast.
1: I oh, sorry, while we're talking about these, yeah, <laughs> there's on. another one, Rich Roll. Yeah. He's podcasts are brilliant and the one that he did with cam Worth yeah. is just brilliant cam oh. Worf is an amazing athlete i don't know if you know much about yeah, he's him he's
0: a triathlon guy right
1: well he is now yeah yeah, yeah that's so his right, name he was an olympic rower oh. and then um as part of their rowing they do a lot of cycling training and yeah. then he became a pro tour uh, yes, cyclist I a on so this he went he day. went to the world champs at rowing obviously in yep. the olympics and he went to the world champs at rowing and then he went to the world champs at cycling I heard, I and then he got into the listen,
0: podcast with the jack guy of what's a um triathlon is it the triathlon hour or something okay no, anyway he know. was interviewing him i listened to oh, this about a fam- week ago he's, he's just so interesting. he's one of the
1: most interesting athletes you'll ever hear and then he got so he got into um triathlon and he he did a gap year from pro cycling yes so yeah, the yeah, cannondale yeah. team fell apart and then they allowed they kept him on and then he's like nah, no, i want to get into finance Mm. And then he went and did a an Iron Man. Just went and did one, and like <laughs> won his age group or something along those lines. Yeah. And then thought, oh, is there a chance?" I won't go into the whole story because there's yeah, there's a whole long I'll story. I'll tag the um, that, he talked about it with Jack. It was really brilliant. how he got into doing Iron Man yeah. is just so brilliant. And now he's talking about doing the possible. What's the one after Paris, that next Olympics? I think it's oh, LA. LA, yeah. So he's talking about doing the LA wow. Olympics. They're talking about doing offshore rowing, okay. which which is a more of, at the moment.
0: Like ocean rowing. Yeah. Wow. And he
1: said that'd be a brilliant way to cap off his sporting career, yeah. starting with rowing in the Olympics to finish with rowing at the Olympics wow. at Yeah. at like over a huge span. That's and, amazing. That'd be brilliant.
0: Well, thank you so much for coming on no today. Worries. It's been a, <laughs> a good episode. Yeah. And uh yeah, thanks heaped. No worries. I learned a lot about your life and water <laughs> yeah. polo that I actually never knew about. But uh yeah. Thanks.
1: Happy to be on board. Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: We might have to have you on again to go yeah, into yeah, some more yeah, of that yeah, stuff. Yeah, sure. But... A,
1: I can talk about sport and health and fitness. Till the Kale's come home. same here. So that's why why it's a long episode today, but I'm not mad about it. Oh, well. (laughs) So uh,
0: have a good rest of your day. Have a good week and see you You next Wednesday. Okay. Thanks. Bye. Bye.